Oh, what a piece of music that is. Every time, every week, every download without fail. And speaking of downloads, guys, thank you to all the deviant downloaders who got involved with last week's episode, The Legion of Lewis, Mariella's Militia, The Battalion of Bearing Fake News. Somehow we're here again for episode six. I can count. And we're available all over the internet. And tell all of your friends, say it loud, say it proud. Tip the veal, try the waitress. But for those of you who are new to the show, my name is Lewis, and I'm the soon-to-be Dr. G. This is Burying Fake News. This is the show dedicated to fact-checking social media posts and putting down the bullshit into the pits of uninterest where it belongs, to call out the lies and the misinformation, put it on blast in front of the millions and millions of fans that we have around the world. And as ever, to join me in this crusade, it's my missus, my carer. You know who it is. It's the boss, Laffa, the queen of burying fake news, intermittent faster, part-time interpreter, lead actress of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Good Egg. It's Mariella. Mariella, welcome back to episode six of burying fake news. Hi, guys. That was good. I can hear the dogs barking, but I'll let you off. I know. They're also quite uh, worked up about being into our fourth month of quarantine at this point, so we're all just trying to get through it. Well, I know what they're being loud about, and you, you know what, what happened, don't you? You, can, you know why they're so annoyed. Well, I don't know. The food was undercooked. Your mate's in the north, on the border. You know what they oh, did? I know what they do. I won't mention any names, because we're not political, but the, your friends in the north brought 90% of the world's supply of rindisivir from Jilead. Ooh, well, that's something to be angry about. That doesn't look good for them, does it? I think it's disgusting. I don't think you can treat health like this. I mean, fuck them. What about places in third world countries wrecked by poverty and famine who actually require this treatment and not middle class so-and-so who's got a cough? And more importantly, I mean, you know, they don't have the best track record for making these medicines available for everyone, so God knows how much it's going to cost now. Exactly, and it sounds like Maggie agrees with us. Yeah, so does Archie. They've decided to uh, voice in their opinion and uh, make their debut. For those who don't know, last week I said Mariella was a serial stray dog adopter. I weren't joking, she got a million dogs in that house. <laughs> Only four, two adopted, two voluntarily here, I guess. They're all nutters. They are. So, did we talk about Remdesivir last week, or, or, or do we need to do an episode on Remdesivir going forward? No, I think it's a good idea to do a whole episode on Remdesivir, I think, because it's definitely not dexamethasone, and we kind of uh, didn't talk about it, so, yeah. So let's talk about Remdesivir going forward. Let's talk about America and how they've brought 90% of the world um, supply of it, and why that's really sad, I think, for a first world country, and why that shows disdain and kind of reveals what America's priorities right now are very inward looking and they're trying to capitalize on this and it's I don't think it's even good as uh, dexamethasone but we'll talk about it next week absolutely yeah sounds good what do we got for this week though well I'm glad you asked because this week we're going to be discussing the fake news surrounding the fitness industry and the fads that go with it the fitness industry is a multi-billion pound industry and there, as you can imagine, is invited a lot of crap on there, along with the advent of social media, marketing, and these, quote, marketing gurus, and word I really fucking hate to use, influencers, which is, ugh, <coughs> fucking influencers, and how they affect fitness trends, and maybe the difference between fitness trends and fitness 
fads and uh, what's going on for that. However, on this episode, we're not alone in this quest. We are being joined by our consigliere of the fitness industry, the representative of the health world. And your older brother. The consultant. Well, I mean, let's not expose all my business, but yes, emphasis on the old, but my older brother. And without further ado, let's get Leon to the show. Right, so we've teased it long enough. Let's tease no further. Let's welcome to our show, finally, Lee GPT. It's all about some of the misconceptions, ballyho and general bullshit in the fitness industry and health industry in general. Welcome to the show, Lee. Tell us about yourself. Tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and what's going on. Cool, nice one. So yeah, I'm the older brother. I am Lee GPT, and my role is a boot camp owner here in Manchester. And I run a ladies-only boot camp exclusively for ladies over 30 and help them get fit and active through exercise and nutrition. It's something I've been running for the last six years now, both in Manchester and Surrey, but now it's permanently in Manchester and more recently gone on to online training as well to help those that are not in the area and get through this period of COVID-19 where a lot of gyms are still closed throughout the world. Background has been in the gym mostly the last 15 years, ranging from the salesperson doing the memberships right through to the area manager for a few gyms in the UK and then qualified throughout that time as a personal trainer, taking numerous spin classes and circuit classes to then deciding the time was right a long time ago to branch out and do my own thing and do it my way. And that's where we are today. And there's a group of 60 strong ladies that come to my camp and it runs six days a week. We don't stop, we get it done. And yeah, it's a really good community-based group in Manchester and online it's just starting to grow. So it's good to see people from all over the UK jumping on board and getting involved with the group. That is it. That brings us to where we are today. So in terms of you've been at it for, you know, you said 15 years, Globally, what is the what's the fitness industry pulling in globally? What are the numbers looking like? So yeah, the fitness industry is definitely a growing industry, and I'd say it's been become more important to people as well in in the last say ten years, but more say the last five years when health has become more recognised, the people having to look out after themselves. So globally, I think it was reported last year by Forbes, it was worth a hundred billion dollars. Now that's a lot of money. And I think like with the current crisis, we're really starting to see what the benefits of having good health overall are, especially like in Mexico here, we're seeing a massive factor is obesity, hypertension and diabetes. It's very mortal when it's combined with COVID-19. So I think it's an industry that will keep on growing for many years to come still. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's Like I say, it's become even more important recently because of this COVID-19. And, you know, I think the scary figures that people are seeing with deaths and how many have tested positive, it's not become, say, you know, a luxury. It used to be a luxury, especially when I say when I was 18, 19, 20, people thought a gym membership was a luxury. If you had a gym card, it was like, you're, you know, you're up a class, say, you, you know, it was something that not many people could afford. Now it's become so accessible, even outside it's, you know, there's outdoor gyms, you might have more over there in, in Mexico. Um, in the UK, there's a lot around around outdoor, they're free. Gym memberships are getting cheaper and cheaper, so they, they can appeal to all budgets. Um, but it's now- Oh, and I think like on, on online too, right? Like YouTube and stuff like that. I'm doing the Chloe Ting challenge and it's quite amazing that I don't have to actually go to the gym or something like that to work on myself. Yeah, and that's, you know, YouTube's been going a long time and that's, those people are obviously just, you know, people are just getting onto using those because they're locked inside. But I think with the 
the health implications as well. It is becoming more of a lifestyle for people now. And that's why it's gaining momentum. You know, in the UK, especially in the ladies that I see that come join, it's no more about how you look in your body as such as they don't all want bikini bodies. Some of them are just trying to keep that blood pressure down. Tackle diabetes mm -hmm. type two is a massive issue in the UK. Mm -hmm. UK obesity at the moment, 31% of adults are clinically obese. That's just the UK. Wow. Yeah, but by 2040, the even scarier figure is, it's going to go up to 41% in men and 43% in women. So why is that? Mostly, I think it's because it's how we've changed with our lifestyles. You know, we've become you know, a world where we live off processed mm -hmm. food. <laughs> we were just talking about this before we went on there. I mean, yeah. the UK is just behind America for obesity. Both, both things that they've got in common is people live off takeaways, drive-throughs, microwave meals. Can't speak for Mexico. Other countries do not have a, such a processed diet. The Mediterranean diet is the most, one of the most popular diets for people because it's minimally processed food. I think it's lifestyles, personally. People don't want to, didn't want to exercise to start with, didn't really care, didn't think they are going to get ill. And now it's all changing because the numbers from this um, COVID-19, especially, are saying to people, if you don't look after your health, you're more susceptible to getting getting ill because your immune system is going to be compromised more than someone who's at least working out regularly and trying to have a balanced approach to their food and eat more sensibly. Yeah, absolutely. So before I, I plow on, Mrs., do you want to say about Mexico? Yes, I was going to say, you know, lucky for you guys, um, Mexico actually beats both the U.S. and the U.K. We're the number one country with um, both adult obesity and childhood obesity, I think. And this is a really terrifying fact, I think, because it's, look, funny enough, when you look at Mexican diet at its roots and at its core, it's a pretty healthy diet. It's mostly based on corn, beans, tomatoes, and fruits and vegetables and stuff like that. But with the introduction of like processed food from the U.S., especially Coca-Cola, you know, chips or crisps or all these things, it has led to obesity levels that I think it's something outrageous, like 70% of all children are obese. And same with adults, over, it's over 50% very comfortably. And as a result, unfortunately, our death or our mortality rate here for COVID-19 has been much higher than in other countries. So people are dying at a, I think at 10%. It's a mortality rate that's much, much higher than, than it should be. And it's mostly been attributed to the fact that we have a lot of health issues in the population like obesity, diabetes, and hypertension. So it's, you know, definitely you want to make an effort to not go that way because on top of everything, you have a health, like a national issue for health, right? Absolutely. So now we're in the, sorry, sweetie. So just saying that now we're in the point where there is a national health issue. There's an industry that is, what do you say, like a multi-billion dollar industry. What ways is this assisting? More importantly, what ways is this actually harming and are we seeing selfish people crop up? What, in regards to fitness? In regards to the fitness industry, you've kind of alluded that it's a multi-billion pound industry, that it's now more important than ever, and it's so accessible to so many people, and that just leaves it rife for people to come in and take advantage, and people trying to capitalize and, and basically reinvent the wheel with what we kind of want to talk about, which is um, diet fads, fitness fads, things that are just people trying to make money, but very little else. And you must have seen these over your 15 years. Yeah, and... it's, it's um, you know, there's, yeah, lots of things have come and gone just to different names. To begin with, like you say, it, yeah, it's, it's come out, you know, if more so now because of this big worldwide crisis, it, it's probably more in your face on your news feeds. You know, social media is, is good for things, but it can also be the devil as well. 
and there is definitely a dark side of fitness. You know, we see a lot of good and there are a lot of good people like myself who are more, you know, who have more followers than me, for instance, who do promote good stuff and there are good coaches. Unfortunately, though, it's an industry which isn't regulated as such. So, you know, you might not know, like anyone can become a personal trainer as long as they do a level two, level three, you know, they're, they're advertising it now. You can do it for, in six weeks, be qualified to get a piece of paper. And that gives you the right to be a personal trainer. As far as the UK is concerned, there's no actual regulation body behind it. So what we've got is the problem with social media. No, I was going to say, and, and what that allows is that this paper just says that you've theoretically done it. Yeah. But there's a difference between knowing what you've got to know, but actually getting results for people and tailoring it to whatever it is their needs may or may not be. Yeah, that's, that's it. It's, it's a paper to say, you know the process is you've got the health and safety you know you know how to tell somebody how to turn a treadmill on that's like level two which is you know when i look back at it now it's like the, the stuff there it has changed a little bit but because they're obviously just getting people to take these you know to get money from people shall we say on these quick courses because they're going to pay i don't know about 600 pounds these days it's not a lot compared to what it used to be loads of people can just do it and then all they you know like you say they've got the paper but they haven't got the experience and the knowledge you know, that some people have, like myself, and there's people that have been doing it longer than me that have got more knowledge for me to learn from. It's, 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 it's an industry where you've got to do it and be in the trenches to learn from others that are better than you and more, knowledge than, more knowledgeable than you and are also coaches, but they've been doing it a lot longer than you. So, you know, they're there to learn from and absorb information from. But with, with the social, social media, especially Instagram, Facebook probably doesn't see it as much, but Instagram is overtaking it more, I'd say, on advertisement with what, what marketers are using is these cowboy influencers. We've all seen them where they've got millions of followers. They've, have, they've got an, you know, an all right shape on them, a good body, but a body that people might want to have, but they've got no actual qualification. But you don't know that because you're just seeing what they're putting out on social media and they are preying, on, preying on the vulnerable and the easily led. And yeah. that's the... The hard thing is, is you know, it doesn't matter how much I may be commenting about for certain things that are a load of rubbish, or someone who's in a better position with me that can reach more people that are, you know, the followers that they've got. That may, you know, that the good coach that say, don't listen to this crap and don't fall for it. There's still going to be the people out there that will say, I need it. I, you know, I've tried it all, and, and you know, they're that desperate to get that weight off or get that fat down and and look like their idol or look like this follow the, the person they're following that they're going to be pushed to buy those products because the people behind it know the triggers that are going to set those people off and say, yeah, you'll buy, you'll buy that, that pill off me or that shake off me. You'll do what I say because I've got you hooked, hook, line and sinker because I know your insecurities. And that's the biggest thing is people's insecurities and going through social media and how it's a kind of false highlight, highlight reel. There's a highlight reel. You will see the good stuff, but there's always the dark side which some people don't like to share and some people do because they're the good coaches, but the ones that are trying to, you know, prey on these that, uh, you know, men and women, but I'd say most of it's going to be, you know, based towards women, is they know that they're insecure in themselves and they want to be liked more. So they're going to press, click and buy on these shite supplements that are out there or these these plans that people are saying you can do. Um, and that is the dark side, but no one's going to get them out. I think it's interesting that you mentioned it's more women than, than men who are falling for this because... As, as from my own social media, I think, God, I'm just bombarded with, with fitness and physique models and, and, and broad, whatever they're called, models. And it's interesting that you think that women actually get a lot more. I hadn't considered that. I, I think it's it was a good point because I think if people don't know Lewis, like he loves to lift weights. And I think your social media is very much focused on these like bodybuilders or 
strong men sort Absolutely. of thing. Absolutely. I, I, I get all these adverts. I get the targeted yeah. advertising because I watch, you know, the Eddie Hall videos and blah, blah, blah. And I get all Yeah. These, but know, equally, I follow, like, all the Kardashians, right? And every – when Lee was saying this, I was, like, thinking, like, oh, my gosh, every other day some Kardashian or other, you know, p- puts a photo up on Instagram saying, oh, you know, have my shake. It's what helps me stay thin. And as we all, I'd like to think that, you know, a lot of celebrities are mostly filters and some plastic surgery. And I'm sure a lot of hard work goes into it too. But when you have these like, really, really, you know, phenomenal big name people saying, this is what I do. I wonder, you know, what's in this stuff? Like, does it really work? And it's true. Yeah. It, you know, it, I don't know the, you know, the, the, you know, if there's a study done to say how many men and women are obviously buying these products, but the health industry is, you know, the general population, you know, at least I'd say 60%, 65% is, is it's the women that are looking for these weight loss shakes. There are obviously overweight, overweight men that are going to be desperate, but the majority of the adverts that you'll ever see, whether it's by a female or someone pushing a product, it's always going to be aimed more at that lady that likes to drop 20 pounds or that's obviously just over a stone. But you want to drop it in two weeks. This is the product. Buy my drink and in 10 days, yeah. you'll have it. And that. You would like to think that more people are, are, are getting onto it like, oh, it's just a con, it's a scam. It's not going to do what it says because there are, like I say, more coaches that are good that have got these, amassed these followings that don't promote that and are and doing the opposite and saying, why are you doing the keto diet or why do you need to have this skinny coffee bollocks and you just have a coffee, do you know? They're just talking sense to people and some people need a hard truth and I don't think some can take that when they are told the truth because of the insecurities and they want to be like that Instagram model or that influencer that I've seen that who's, like you said, who's had the filters on the pictures, had some surgery, they might do some exercise, they've probably had a personal trainer and they've never been that big, but they're the ones selling, you know, all these shakes, all these pills that are just going to be money makers for the companies behind the scenes who are paying the uh, celebrities, shall we say, to, to promote them. Yeah. No, there's no restrictions or, or legalization for them to promote on Instagram. Instagram, I know, has got rid of some, stopping promoting videos in the past. If you've ever heard of um, BoomBod, that was quite a big one last year. Yeah. That was yeah, like, yeah. A, like a, a Saturday. It was like a tea, but they, they, Instagram stopped them for a bit. Mm-hmm. And then they obviously got other celebrities doing it. So it kind of died off again now. And it's been, you know, it's, it's back to the ketones that that's never seems to go away. But it, it's, it's, it's sad. And I'm only a small, small business. So I can only promote what I, my values to the group that I'm with and those that follow me on, you know, on social media. You know, they'll never see me say, yeah, if you saw this in the, in a health shop in the UK, yeah, it guarantees you to lose weight. Oh, what is it? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a skinny tea. I always say, don't waste your money. It's the same thing. So, you know, people still need to be educated now because there's a lot of people there that haven't had the education or don't do the research and they're just clicking because they're desperate. And that's unfortunately how these people are capitalizing on social media because, you know, social media is there for everybody to see these days. Everyone can access. Absolutely. And you've kind of alluded to um, ketones and I think that's a wonderful point to move on with. So can you just tell us a little bit about, well, explain to the fine folk who are listening who aren't me or Mariella, what are keto products? How long have they been around? And are they a gimmick? Firstly, yeah, I think they're a waste of waste of your money, waste of your time. Ketones products have been around a very long time. Um, 
they've probably been around over 20 years anyway, but ketones are basically a product that they market as the miracle pill for weight loss. And the latest one, for instance, that I've seen is, is, a, is an American company. They tried to say it's all patented, the, you know, the capsule and all this. But from my research, and I'm obviously not the scientist, that's your job. The main ingredients, all I've done is stuck a letter in front of it to say it's patented and it's still the same, you know, the main molecule, whatever it might be. It's the same. It's the same things because they can't paint in it because that's the uh, ingredient. Shall we say the main ingredient? They've just stuck a letter in front of it. Days. Oh, so just for clarity, yes. I, obviously, I've looked at and done some research on this episode. The patent is on the product and the formulation, but not yeah. the core ingredients. Yeah. Okay. Good. But yeah, so they've brought it to the UK, and I've seen a you know I've had a few friends that have actually started promoting it because they're gimps and they obviously don't know anything themselves. <laughs> And um, it's there. So we're using the term <laughs> friends somewhat loosely as we use the word celebrity somewhat loosely earlier. <laughs> they're not my friend. They're just yeah. uh, like, not, like an associate. They used to be a gym member of a gym. So so Joey Nobodies. Yeah. And they've, just, they've obviously been sold the dream in a, in, a, in a free seminar that they went to and they got to pop two of these tablets and they were buzzing from the caffeine. And then they're like, yeah, sign me up. I'll start selling it. So basically what this keto supplement is, is it's currently saying it's a 10-day challenge. You've got to purchase 20 sachets, which are these shakes. So you've got to have two sachets a day. And then all you can have is two low-calorie meals, low-carbohydrate meals, should I say. But it's funny how on the actual website they're saying we're not promoting a low-carb diet. But then on the other hand, they're saying you must have two low-carb meals and two shakes a day. That sounds to me like it's a low-carb plan. I think what you should kind of elaborate for the fine folk at home is yeah. what we're talking about here is keto products that have been, you know, had a lot of marketing behind them, and we'll get to that, Yeah, exactly. and not an actual keto diet. So could you just explain for the people the mm -hmm. difference between mm -hmm. a, a keto diet and being in, in keto, what they say, ketosis, the Atkins diet for old-timers, and keto products? Yeah, the ketone product simply is... They're trying to say, it's, you know, ketones are in our body energy, in our body any, anyway, that give us the energy. And they're trying to say that's going to promote the fat cells, use in your, you know, use the fat cells as energy by taking these tablets and reducing your food on this challenge. That's what the ketones are there for. But when you look at most of these ketone products that are marketed as the fat loss savior, a lot of them will have their ingredients hidden, which they can get away with. So they don't have to list every single ingredient. Um, on, on supplements full stop not just ketone products any supplement they don't have to by law list every ingredient I, I will add that Lee before you continue it's if it's bio based which many of these supplements are because they're amino acids or derivatives off they don't have to list it yeah but most of ketones all it's doing is really giving you a kick by caffeine intake which is usually quite large which again you could just have black coffee for so what's insane with that Lee is what I looked at is they also when you pay for these keto supplements they give you the keto piss sticks and you, you you piss on them and they say your body's in ketosis well done you're you're burning fat as opposed to you know carbs the thing is you can go and eat a sandwich you can eat a baguette you can eat a cake all the carbolicious food you want if you're fueling your body with keto products or, or sorry keto um, supplements there will be ketones present so when you urinate on that stick it's not going to tell you your carb content it's going to tell you your ketone content which if you're in a carb heavy diet or carb normal diet would be low but if you're taking keto supplements it doesn't matter what the fuck you're eating you're going to piss on the stick it's going to say you're in keto and you're going to think yeah great but you're not and who's going to be pissing on a stick when they take your supplements because remember they're after the main result 
And now this one at the moment is promising like over a stone lost in 10 days. That should be ringing alarms to people saying, fuck me, 10 days, I'll lose a stone. Sign me up, sign my family up. But they need to remember, this is this is not a long-term solution. As soon as you look at, you can't eat, and you've got to live off some shakes, you're not going to keep that. That's not sustainable. That is not a healthy, balanced diet. So ketones, you know, for £100 for this 10-day challenge, this certain company are charging, save your £100 and go and buy some decent food and, and, and get some advice from a professional coach. Absolutely. And the keto diet is completely different to having keto products. So could you just explain for the fine folk what a keto diet is without the supplements? Yeah, sure. So the keto diet, um, and some of you may have heard about it, especially now, because again, it's the, it's the magic marketing world, especially on social media, it's come back out. They used to call it Atkins, didn't they, back in the day? It's been called a lot of things, yeah. It's got the Atkins diet, you've got the slow-release carb diet, you've got the low-carb diet. Um, okay, mm. so, it, 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 yeah, like you say, Mario, you might have seen it as well. It is going around loads, and um, yeah. in the industry, we call them ketards, all right? <laughs> so that's the name ketards. for people that Yeah, I thought you'd like that one. That's for the people that believe keto is the answer to their dreams. And basically what that is, if they are following a ketosis diet, the keto diet correctly, then they need to be consuming under 50 grams of carbohydrates for at least a week for them to get into ketosis. And that's if their body is actually using their energy sources correctly. Some people may take longer than a week. So a lot of people can say, I'm going to go on this keto diet and I'm going to be dropping everything out because that's what it's told me to do in, in the marketing. It said, I've got, I've got to give bread up. Okay, I can do that. I can do that. I can give up pasta. I can give up all these processed foods that are heavy in carbs because that's what it's going to tell telling me to do that. And I've got to live on vegetables, meat and fish and some yep. you know, salad and I'll get to that weight goal in no time. But a lot of people, you know, don't understand, you know, 50 gram of carbs isn't, you know, isn't a lot to start with. Was it two, two slices of bread or something like that? Yeah. It, you know, it's, it's like if you have, you know, I like potatoes. So for me, if I have like 400 grams of potatoes, which is, a, you know, a lot of volume of food for somebody, that yeah. is 45 grams of carb. Yeah. But on a, on a plate, you know, on a side note, when we're looking at food diets, which I'll go into because I like to talk about the food, is for, for satiety, potatoes are your number one source for that. For volume of food, for the amount of calories it costs you, potatoes are the number one thing that you should be having if you're looking at, you know, restricting calories because it will fill you up. And like I said, 400 grams on a plate of potatoes, it'll look like a lot of food, but in terms of your calories and carbs, it's nothing. So just with ketosis, it's basically a low-carb approach, okay? If you go to ketosis properly, you're under 50 gram, 50 gram of carbs for a long time. And what that does is obviously promote your fat cells to be used as energy. Now, a good thing to come out of this approach is for those that are um, suffering from epileptic fits, it has shown in studies those that approach it on a low-carb yeah. diet have less fits. So that is a great thing. And also type 2 diabetes people or on the border of it a remission from it from type 2 so they can reverse it is a low carb diet approach yep. again it's been shown and that's something that the uh, you know the um, diabetes uk have started to promote on their website is people to, to take that approach with lower carb food no that's for mild type 2 diabetes where it's um, been brought on through a lifetime of poor diet as opposed yeah. to type 1 and it's when you're still able to control it through diet and you don't you're not in an, a severe enough case to require uh, insulin 
injections. Yeah, and, and even in like um, autism studies, they are looking into keto diets for to kind of uh, work on symptoms of autism. So there's definitely some sort of health benefits and some sort of yeah. um, overall effect on the body that could work for certain populations. But my question is, would you have to sustain this diet? Like, would I have to get pasta forever to, you know, maintain my weight? Yeah, that's that's the big thing. Is um, you know, keto is great for those who want to be miserable sods and have no social life. Let's just say that, yeah, because you know you want to enjoy pasta, you want to have bread, you want to have you're going to eat in you know yeah. Western world where people eat processed foods and, and and enjoy these foods because they're made you know they're made for us to you know to us to enjoy that taste that we go and have some more of it. That's the whole point of processed foods. That's why they sell so well because it's the, the taste that draws us back. So long term, it's not sustainable. It's a very boring way of eating. But if you were to say, right, I'm going to go on a lower carb approach. So you don't have to give up bread and pasta. The main carb meals that you'd have, pasta, for instance, is, is in a lot of meals and bread is as well. You don't have to give that up and you eat about around 100 to 150 grams of carbs. You still get to that goal if you want to. But interestingly, with a study that they did, I think this was done last year, they did a six-week study, the keto diet versus a, uh, versus a normal approach to food. They both had the same amount of calories, so the low-carb, a lot of low carb, the keto diet, they had 1500 calories, but had to stay under 50 grams of carbs. The ones on the other side could eat anything they like, including bread, and had to stick to 1500 calories. After six weeks, it proved that the keto diet was not superior to a normal calorie controlled food intake. You're just making your life miserable for the sake of it. Yeah. And also it found those that actually included bread on the normal intake on that side, not the low carb approach, the ones that included pasta and bread in that in that um, study, adhered to their diet for the whole six weeks, while 50% dropped off when they were on the keto diet. They couldn't manage it. Yeah, I bet. Exactly, yeah. Um, so it was concluding, basically, the low-carb diet, keto, whatever they want to call it out there these days, it, it you don't need to do that and be miserable to get to the same result as, as actually controlling your calorie intake and enjoying the foods that you enjoy. You know, that's, that's the big takeaway from that study is people ate bread for six weeks, and lost the same amount of weight as those people that were miserable and had to give up the bread and the pasta. I can hear you banging on things in enthusiasm as you're smashing your arm. <laughs> so, Lee, um, you've kind of alluded to that it's not sustainable, but any other diet or, or normal diet is a proper way to go, but that's clearly not as profitable. Why are keto products then, despite being utterly useless, so successful? Again, it goes back to marketing and how, you know, how clever marketing entices people and this day and age it, it, you know it must be you know most of it is coming from online traffic so with the uh, impact of instagram facebook you know any of the social media platforms linkedin is, is is getting it a lot now with adverts on there is these people especially the companies with pushing the keto and solely the keto diet and their supplements they've got the investment from backers that know that it's going to make them some money because the supplement industry is ever growing with people spending these money on supplements thinking it's going to be the special magic pill and the shortcut to success because they don't want to do the hard work. That comes down to clever marketing, but also for, you know, for yourselves, because you might not be aware how it works with advertising on Facebook and Instagram. Um, and I use it myself and it is a good thing with regards to marketing and cost wise is now we can actually set up our own avatars. as a So as a business, I can go in and say, right, my post is going to go to, ladies over 30 that live two miles away from the park where I do the boot camp and that enjoy shopping. 
that enjoy their beauty beauty salons that enjoy looking for clothes online because these are the type of people that are going to be on account. Wow, you can really target it then. Yeah, so if you go back 20 years when you know the internet was just starting out and we everyone was advertising in newspapers, if you remember that. So you know, an example is I used to work for the state agent. We had to we had a we had a half a page in the local paper. We'd pay 200 pounds say for that half a page with our properties. That paper would go out to people around the local town, but we can pinpoint: Are they actually going to look at it? Are they going to looking to even buy or sell a house? You know, are they the right people? So back then, it was a bit of you know hit and miss. You, you, you're giving someone money and hoping that someone reads the paper. If they didn't, that's two hundred pounds down the drain. Why now? I can spend two hundred pounds, knowing the return of it is going to go to the right people who I want in my camp, who I'm going to appeal to. You know, I'm not going to send it to. The, an 18-year-old who wants to look good in Gymshark clothes, I'm going to be sending it to those ladies that are busy moms, you know, their work careers taking over and they want some some time out. I wondered why I've not seen any of your adverts. <laughs> yeah, and that's it. So, you know, I can really, really pinpoint myself, and I'm a small business, so when you think of these bigger companies, the supplement companies have got a lot of money and investment in them, they are going to be putting a lot of money into those adverts that go out. So they'll look professional, they'll have the right wording, They'll be going 24-7 on the internet because they've got the money to keep them going on a, on a, like a showreel. And that's how people get bought into it. It's a lot scarier than cold calling and, and kind of robot calls. So just to break the fourth wall a little bit, a friend of ours, a neutral friend of mine, Lee's, has started his own business in, um, in fashion and T-shirts. And he was explaining to me that his marketer or his business partner called Marketer is able to pinpoint so specifically that every time a certain individual that they choose, anyone say between the ages of 20 and 22, um, who, who whatever the hell, they will see their advert every time they turn their phone on. They get bombarded. And that's what the keto pushers have, have managed. Yes, the same thing, like, it's, it, you know, there's lots, you know, it's very clever marketing. It's easy, you know, you have to learn it. But for me, it's, it's been a godsend because that's, you know, I can promote the right people and without wasting the money. That's going, you know, it's only me. So I don't need to employ someone to say, you know, like, you know, back in the day, you'd have to go to an advertising company to do it. Well, now it's, you can do it from the laptop. And like you said, you can pinpoint it and say, I don't want people over a certain radius away, a certain age. If they've looked at a post in the past, then it, are, then it goes back out to them. So that's like retargeting your audience, it's called. So say mm -hmm. you looked yeah. at one of my posts last week, I'll have it set up for in five days time. You'll get another post from me, but it'll be talking about, something slightly different but something on the same subject because i know you like it so it'll go back to you and that's what you'll see a lot on social yeah, media well, so are you kidding me like we're not even married and you're getting divorce lawyer ads so there's something going on there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's just that's good because we've got to remember facebook became quite clever and it listens to what we talk about now remember so you could be or if you're searching for stuff like people at the moment are searching for say i don't know uh, mats for boot camp to go and lie on the mats, you know, to use for for, for, the, for the workouts. That they'd go on to say boohoo, looking at the ladies' fashion, and they'd be seeing mats pop up in the corner. Yeah. That's how clever it's got now with technology. Yeah, I agree. So and we've kind of alluded to what they are and why they're useless. We've also explained to to the fine folk at home why they've been so successful, down to marketing gurus. Um, what you might know, not know, rather, is whilst I was doing some research for this episode turns out that some of these products may be the brainchild of one Patrick Arnold. Do you know Patrick Arnold, Lee? Do I know Patrick Arnold? Personally, no. <laughs> which, product, which, which, which products? He's a chemist, isn't he? 
He's a chemist and he's he's the one behind the Balco um, issue. Patrick Arnold's name he's came up with this, but there's nothing on his wiki page, so I didn't try and reach out to the man. Patrick Arnold, for those who may or may not know, was the chemist behind a lot of lot of testosterone, a lot of uh, testosterone-like molecules back in 2003. He was the main supplier to the Balco Laboratory, with the Bay Area um, Laboratory Cooperative in San Francisco and LA, with um, Victor Conti. And when they raided that laboratory, yeah. athletes were brought down from championships. World records were snubbed. It was to do with the Sydney Olympics. Yeah. It wouldn't be a surprise. He, he, he was very good at making drugs that couldn't be detected, um, performance-enhancing drugs. And if he's got his claws now moved on to this, no, that's insane. And I think a big, um, a big chunk of like what, why all this marketing actually works is because I've seen that like a lot of products, especially health-related ones, kind of put some sort of science or some science jargon into it, and it makes you like as a person not literate in all science and chemicals, I think like, oh my gosh, is my pH balanced? You know, do I really need more ketones? Like, what what do my my amino acids look like? You know, can, can they be deficient? And it, they kind of prey on this idea of like, I don't know enough about the biology or the chemistry of my body, and maybe they can help me out, right? So yeah, I've seen I've seen some crazy, like I say, it's some of it, they seem to have died off a bit. So maybe they got the enough abuse to get you know people kick them off. But there was like, um, like I said, there's been the pH diet. I changed that in a diet, but they did that one. They did um, the alkaline diet. Um, they've done loads of just, you know, rubbish ones where they tried to reinvent the wheel, like we mentioned earlier with the ketones and the calling the diets different name and going back to these, you know, fads or trends, whatever. The, um, an interesting one that's obviously quite relevant but does work to some extent is the uh, the IF, which is the intermittent fasting, which I know is something... Yeah. You might have had some questions about that. Uh, um, yes, because I was introduced to intermittent fasting through my sister, who is a bit of like a hobbyist in fitness, basically. Yeah. And she kind of gave me a little bit of background on it. And it's what I follow the most, I guess. And at first I was like very skeptical about, you know, like, what? You just tell me if I move my times and stuff like that. But I've seen that there's been benefit beyond you know, losing weight in general, it's like, it's a study that show that in mice, at least it prolongs life. Um, and it like levels your blood sugar, your blood your sugar levels in your blood and stuff like that. So I was wondering if you could like, you know, what do you know about that? So yeah, it's again, it's another one, which is on pop. It's popular on social media. It's always social media, the good and yeah. the bad and the ugly, but it's again, it's something I've tried before, probably about, again, about 10 years ago. So long time ago because it has been it's it's basically an approach which i'd say mm -hmm. it can be popular for a lot of people um because it's just help people get some structure okay um which you may have yeah, found yourself yeah. so you know i'll talk about the pluses for it and then i'll go through some maybe negatives that yeah, might yeah. happen for people and why it might be the same thing and then also another interesting study because i like i'm all about evidence-based studies oh, yes. even though i'm not the scientist then you're on the right show absolutely <laughs> But yeah, so it's not a new thing, as we know. It's been around a long, long, uh, long, long time. But people give it fancy names. In the past, you've seen the five-two diet, which again involves fasting, which is a popular book. That a lot of people have done that one. There's just IF, which is obviously the, the initials, <laughs> intermittent fasting. There's the fifteen-eight. Some of them are called it because of the fasting time and the 
the window of opportunity to eat. So it's nothing new. It's a great way for people, like I say, that haven't really got a structure of their food and they're just eating throughout the day and eating and eating and eating whatever time of the day and they don't know when to stop and they're overeating. Yeah. So I think it helps, though, helps people that are doing that get a structure in place. So a lot of people can follow a very simple instruction. You're not going to eat between these hours. You're going to have these many hours to eat. Do what you like, but try and obviously make sensible food choices. And we all know if you try and eat a lot of calories of processed foods in a short amount of hours, you're going to be full. You'll fall asleep. You'll have no energy. You won't want to eat again for another three hours. So it definitely helps people become more conscious of their food, you know, their portions, because it's making you reduce your calories without even knowing because you're in your head, you're thinking, oh shit, I've got to eat by this time because I've got to stop after 7 p.m. or 8 p.m. So it helps people to stop overeating to begin with, which is a good thing. So what, what are the negatives then? So for some people, it doesn't actually help. A good example, uh, uh, when I, before I came on, I was thinking a good example of how it can be a negative is, say you started your um, window to eating. Okay, so let's say you, uh, you you open your feeding window from 12 p.m. Mid, midday, yeah, lunchtime, and you, and you got to 8 p.m. to eat. Yeah. Someone rings you late in the day and says, oh, we've got a table booked for nine o'clock tonight. We've got to go to eat. And you turn around and say, oh, fuck, sorry, I can't go. My window closed to eat. It closed an hour ago. I can't come. That's a bit of a negative there. You know, you, 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 your life's put on hold a bit because you can't socially adapt as such because you've already started eating. Um, so that's one of the reasons it can't work. It might not. For some people, it won't help them understand their behaviours towards food and the certain triggers that they get from certain events throughout the day. So a lot of us, when we get stressed, will turn to food as an emotional comfort. That's going to not really help people if they're only, you know, allowing themselves a certain time to start with. You know, that's one instruction. Then for them to think about not going for something bad if they're stressed, try and keep things under control. Yeah. And if it goes out, you know, so in some sense, it's short term. It definitely helps promote some people into a routine. And at least they'll be more conscious of the food that they are eating. And they will obviously drop those calories without trying too hard if the goal is to lose the weight. But it's easier for them to forget about why they're eating that food and what's triggered them to eat that food if something's gone wrong in the day. And it take, you know, if they're out for a few beers on a Friday night, they're, whether, you know, they're, they're breaking that fast already. If they're having a coffee before the first meal, they're breaking the fast. So there's a lot of little things where their lifestyle will be affected. So, you know, those that work shifts, it could work really well because they know they're going to work and they've got the whole shift ahead of them. They're going to have one break and then they're going to, you know, they're only going to have two meals in a day because that's what their window allows them. So I was just going to finish with, you get, it'll get you from A to B, uh, but there's many ways to skin a cat, as they say, and it's about creating that calorie deficit if your goal is to lose weight lose some fat so the take-home message is there's no easy route and with that in mind can we play a game of fact or fad with you yeah you can so fact or fad i'm going to give you 15 fitness trends that are not keto supplements as we've already kind of debunked that bullshit and not bcaas because i did mention that on last week's show and i just want you to tell us if they are a fitness fact or just a fitness fad lee so first of all the Slender tone electronic Bad. ab exercises. Bad. Waste of your money. Waste of money. I love the commercials. You love the commercials. <laughs> they look so cool. I'm just like, oh, I could do that. Yeah, 3 a.m. when you're having some ice cream on the sofa. <laughs> <laughs> Sad to hear it's a fad, but I'm not surprised. Number two, Huel meal replacements. Load of crap. Huel is a load of crap. Get out of here. 
Number three, ab rollers. Yeah, I own them. I've got one. They do the job. They're very good for helping increase your uh, core. It's a thumbs up for ab rollers. Number four, Weight Watchers. Nah, one of the worst ones out there. Oh, wow. I didn't expect that. That's uh, serious yeah. slander. Weight yeah, Watchers. Debunk. Shake Weight, the electronic forearm toners. And for those who don't know, imagine you're either wanking <laughs> yourself or a friend. I love those commercials too. Which ones? I've never seen them, but I know what they are. No, waste of time. You might as well just shake your water bottle. Shake your water bottle. So the alkaline diet, you kind of already mentioned this earlier about dieting. Boo. Number seven, the smoothie diets. Smoothie diet? Yeah, like you you just get uh, fruits and you just eat. I'm I'm just drinking fruits all day. Not really, no. They're good. Smoothies are good for one meal, maybe breakfast and something like that if you're on the go, but generally not just living off, no. The amount of sugar in some of those smoothies is insane. Yeah. You make you want to make your own from your fruits, but I wouldn't live off them for the whole day. So no. All right. Eat, no. Do it yourself. Number eight, power plates. Oh, bloody hell. I remember them from when I first worked for Virgin Active. No. No. Bullshit. Marketing, marketing rubbish. Number nine, Vibram Five Fingers. Do you know what these are? Yeah, they're up there on your feet. That's it. So for those of the fine folk at home who don't know what I'm talking about, these are shoes that imagine gloves for your feet. They're shoes that have individual <laughs> like housing for your toes. Is oh that- my gosh, housing for your toes. <laughs> Of course, you can't get people to train barefooted. Um, they're doing more research, I know that, but they they seem to be taking off a bit more, but they've got to do more studies to, to you know, to why they are going to be better for people than um, than using, you know, your regular trainers. But, um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm on the fence with that one because I know what they are. I've never used them. They look silly, but if they're going to help people's feet out, which a lot of people have problems with. You know, I, I use insoles in my trainers because mine pronate in a little bit and I'm on my feet all day. So it, it's best for me to have the insoles. So if it's going to help people's feet help out, then great. But I'm on, I'm on the fence with those. So maybe to help persuade your decision, they are currently going through a $3.75 million loss from a lawsuit because of their debunked health claims. Oh, are they? Yeah. Maybe that answers those then. There you go. So if, if you're ever unsure on the fence, there's a $3.75 million lawsuit that says nah. Well, no, they'll probably get out of it somehow. Number 10, Instagram exclusive or social media exclusive PTs or, I hate this word, influencers. Uh, what? Is it like to get coached from? No. <laughs> Rubbish. Yeah, to get coaching. Yeah, no. Avoid those. If they're pushing supplements, them skinny jabs, definitely avoid. Well, they're jabbing some in, but ain't. Yeah. Have you seen a skinny jab, Mariella? Have you seen that on your newsfeed? Oh, I love my Chloe Ting. <laughs> I think it depends. MBM, like, there are some that promise more, like, you know, do this and that. And I think at the end of the day, like what you said, Lee, at the beginning was, you know, it's a collaborative work, right? It's not just do this exercise or have this pill. You know, you have to do the work yeah. with it, right? You have to do the exercise, you have to do the diet, you have to do a little bit of everything. Your dogs agree. They definitely <laughs> do. Yeah. So, number 11. CrossFit or the general HIIT workouts, the high intensity workouts. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm on board for those. Yeah, they work. 
Yeah, I've got ladies doing it in boot camp. That, well, more the hit stuff, the high intensity stuff. You know, the pictures prove that they get results. You know, their feedback shows the res- you know tells us the results. CrossFit, I've never really done. I've seen a lot of the workouts. It's you know it's a mixture of bodybuilding with high intensity circuits. A little bit of that. There's more injuries. At, you know, that- yeah, CrossFit is injury central. Like, and when it first came out, it was very cultish. I thought, and it got a bad yeah. rep for. It's, it's, it's a community. You know, it's a bit like my boot camp. It's a community of ladies. That is a community of people that want to get better and do each, you know, do better than somebody else, and that, you know, in competition with each other. And yeah. it probably is a hard workout. You know, it looks hard. So hats off to those that do do it. But I think there's a lot more cases of injuries through that because of some of the movements. But sure, people enjoy it. Then crack on, crack on. Okay, that leads us number twelve. The lads will know this one. Tribulus. No, and they're still pushing that. I am inclined to say no. But if you are 40 plus years old, you're probably likely to feel a bit better for it. Bulgarian Tribulus. <laughs> so with Tribulus, if you're anyone between the ages of 13 to 35, 40, it's going to make no difference to your life. Yeah. If you're older than that, you may see some difference, but we're not talking serious. The Rock pushes it to hide something else. and <laughs> <laughs> I think it's bullshit. I've never seen him say it on his post, but we know he's on there. He's on something else, yeah. But no, it's a no. It's a no, I agree. Okay, number 13, pole exercise or pole dancing? Um, I class it a little bit with Zumba. It's one of those exercises. I've never obviously been, but it's it's similar to like Zumba and these boogie dances, if you've seen those and those trampoline ones. It's, it's a bit of fun. Ladies are going to work up a sweat. Maybe with the pole fitness, they're going to get stronger because they're lifting themselves off the poles and that, so... But I think it's more of more of a bit of a fad. It's just something that people, you know, they know ladies are going to have a bit of a laugh, socialise, and they'll go along to like Zumba. You're going to feel good. Doesn't look like a lot of hard work, um, and you might see some benefit from it. But you know, there's better things out there for people to do. Sweetie, any rebuttal? Yeah, yeah, I, I did. I did pole fitness for a couple of years, a couple of years ago, and like yeah. Lee says, like it's it's a good time. Obviously, it's definitely not like a cardio session or the only sort of thing you should be doing. But I really enjoyed the fact that I was working with my own weight like I was I wasn't trying to lift heavy weight I was just trying to work with my own body weight it also helped my flexibility and my like I had never gotten a better shoulder workout so the only kind of bad thing is that you end up really banged up so you know it's it's a good one but it's definitely something you have to complement with something else I think message understood loud and clear sweet I'll get us a poll for the bedroom no problem don't you worry (laughs) so number 14 slim fast no 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 and then obviously 15, I have to ask, boot camps, your bread and butter. Yes, definitely group training. More people are going into group training uh, more than ever. Boot camp, group training, call it what you like. You know, people are finding that, again, it's a community feel and people are liking to work out with each other and they're more committed. So there's a lot that have come from gyms because they've been to the gym and they've not really tried and there's no one there to keep them accountable. And that's something that they like about coming along with, a, with either a workout buddy or in a group because they feel more comfortable and at ease. And then they're pushing themselves harder because there's somebody there to push them. So definitely group training is getting uh, increasingly more you know, bigger in the fitness industry. You'll see more people pushing it. People like exercising together. So I don't think that will ever disappear. Plenty of people that need the help. So yes, big yes. A big yes for boot camps. There it is. So that was just 15, Lee, but I, I, there are so many fitness fads, and I know myself from going to the gym and lifting weights. I could have had a, a list of 150. Oh, yeah, usually. It's insane the amount of bullshit. So I've got two questions, really, actually. The first one is kind of more personal than the second one. The first one is, what got you interested? 
interested in training with this very specific group of women over the age of 30. Yeah, sure. I, I do get asked that by a lot of ladies that join the group, to be fair. So, but yeah, it, it came from running a gym, just gym managing and taking classes at the same time that I found predominantly the members of the gym were 60% of ladies that came to that gym. However, none of them, not all, none of them, but a lot of them didn't really have the knowledge because nutrition has evolved and tra- and so has exercise evolved a lot over, well, just in, in my lifetime, let alone some ladies that are, you know, coming to boot camp that are in their 40s and 50s where they've never really had any education in the school. And that's where it starts from. So for me, I found it was one, I was getting the the, the people I was speaking to were, were predominantly female because the memberships were predominantly more females coming to these classes, which I was then running in the gym. So for me, I kind of just fell into of, well, these are the ones that need the help. They want to learn. They want to change for the good reasons, but they don't really know how to get there. So that's why my focus shifted more from away from males and for me personally, in a, working in a gym, what I found, if, you know, there's a lot of egos, especially in the more male side, and if you didn't really fit in with what that person thought, they weren't going to listen to you, even if you had a degree. They wouldn't listen to you because they'll think they're better. While females were more receptive to like, oh, actually, yeah, he's telling me that makes sense. And I, I need, I'd like to learn that and do better. So I'm going to listen to him. And that's where I fell into more of like, we speak a lot in the bootcamp group, which you know, when the new ones that join me find it really not uncomfortable, but they feel it nice to hear from a male. When I start talking about menopause and the menstrual cycle and how it affects your progress for a female, how hard it is compared to a male to get to get weight loss. There's a lot of things that come are in the background, which a lot of the females out there don't realize until they come along. They're like, oh, he's saying about that. I'm going to tell my husband about that. That's why I didn't get a result. Lee's told me about all this. And I don't even know that myself. And I'm a female. So yeah. Yeah. Purely for, for me, it's because one, I just get on with get on with that age group a lot better to communicate with. It's you know I'm over thirty, so a lot of things I can relate on. I can have a joke about things that have you know past like little things like TV shows or cartoons. It's just little things that are, we f- can find quite funny mm-hmm. because we've been through that that era in the nineties, for instance. If we play nineties music, it's like they find it it's like a reminiscing. So it's it's more a, a relatable audience for me, even though I'm not a female they find it quite comfortable coming to me because I'm not, you know, I'm not, you know, I haven't got a, a physique of a bodybuilder. I'm not an athlete. I've not got a six pack to them. I'm just a normal looking dude who's passionate about helping them feel better in themselves firstly. And then secondly, actually helping them and not judging them on where they are at, at the moment. So they're quite open. And that's why it's been that my niche is, you know, like I say over thirties, busy moms or ones that have had busy work careers that now are looking to like, say, I need some time out for myself from the stress of work and, the high levels that they're at at management so yeah. you know if i can help educate them on this is why your body's changing as you're getting older with you know menopause and then obviously you've got your menstrual cycle to deal with a lot of them know you know you know what the menstrual cycle is but a lot of them are shocked when i say you might put on eight pounds in that week because mm-hmm. of the amount of water you're retaining and they're like oh wow really and i didn't know that yeah. and i was like well yeah you know they can learn from me and i can learn from them and you know from your you know from your uh, own profession i'm sure you could understand how maybe the minds work more. Yeah, no, and and I think um at the end of the day, the what happens a lot is that the gym is kind of like a male dominated place, and it's a little bit intimidating sometimes, especially as a female that is not like you know super really massively um into this whole like I know all about the weights. It's hard to get in without being intimidated so i can definitely see why it would be attractive for you know women to work together somewhere where they do want to feel like they can grow but at the same time they're not being judged and my second question is 
you know, with all this mumbo jumbo and all this like bombardment of fads and different trends and stuff like that, how can I tell that something's a fad and how can I tell something is real? Type it into Google and you'll you'll get an answer. In all honesty, you know, if it's a if it's um, a certain, you know, say the ketones, for instance, we talked about that on this. If you typed it in, you're going to get a load of reviews up. If it's a certain product, I'd say just type it in and type in the name of the product they're saying and then just put evidence-based research and that'll bring up a lot of studies that are accessible to everybody there is also a good website for supplement review with with um it's it's mainly aimed for people that want to learn more about supplements but the science behind it and that's called examine.com okay and that is a really good site so you know creatine is the most studied supplement out there and one of the safest ones to use and it's not a steroid like people still think but say you didn't know what creatine was, if you type that in an examine.com, it'll tell you what it is, the studies that they've done on it, X, Y, and Z, everything. So I'd always go to examine.com. If there's something that I don't know ingredient-wise, I would go there first because they're going to give you the studies behind what it is and how it relates to your health and fitness. Yeah, so it's common sense, but Google and you'll finally get you'll get to the background of who it is either promoting it and obviously that you know look a bit deeper and if you're not sure ask a, a profession in that field because they're probably going to know what you're on about hopefully anyway so i think i think that's some really important points because just saying google is easy for people like me and you who are just naturally very critical or, or being able to be critical thinkers but not everyone is like yeah. that and the fact that it's a multi-billion dollar industry says there are gullible people out there it's okay to go and google it and what you said Go and see someone in the field like yourself, like someone in the gym, like someone who has classes, like anyone who has a Zumba class or whatever. Exactly. And that, that's it. It's, it's not becoming, not you know, the, unfortunately, there's going to be people that fall for it. But by just taking a second before you click further to buy a product, just think, right, is this too good to be true? Let me just do some research because we've all got the access to the Internet via smartphones, laptops. So you can do some research before you jump the gun and say, I'm doing it. You know, I advertise people can get certain results in a certain amount of time but i'm always up front with them and say you can get there but i don't guarantee it because it's it, everyone does get different results and it depends on your work effort and your commitment so although i'll advertise maybe saying you could lose so much in six weeks it's an achievable figure but behind it you've got to put in the work and commitment i won't say i guarantee you'll lose that because i can't guarantee how hard you're going to work and how hard you're going to stick to eating better. So why should I, you know, I can't say you're going to lose a stone in six weeks. I guarantee it because I can't do that because one, I'm misspelling to myself and I like to be honest and up front with people and say, you can do this, but this is what it's going to take you to get there. Can you do that for six weeks? If you can sign up and just do it. Absolutely. I agree. Lee. So there, there is no easy formula. There is no cheap method. It's simple calories in less than calories used and hard work and determination, as well as appropriate lifestyle choices. Thank you for being with us and burying this fake news, particularly in relevance to keto, as well as some of the other things we've talked about, including, you know, slim fast, including power plates and these smoothie diets and fucking bullshit alkalines. And we appreciate your time. Before we wrap up, is there anything you would like to plug uh, and any take-home message you want to join? Uh, yep. If you are looking for a ladies bootcamp only, go find me on Instagram, LeeG underscore PT. You'll find the group, the photos, the videos, who I am. You can now join us on Zoom sessions. So it doesn't matter where you are in the world, wherever you listen to this, if you want to get moving, I'm currently doing a 10-day challenge, which starts on Monday. Okay, so that's on this Monday coming if you hear this before then follow the link on the bio regards to people in the field that are more knowledgeable than me a good guy is called martin mcdonald he is a nutrition guy he's evidence-based as well 
and he usually puts it across in a very fun way. So if you want someone new to follow in nutrition, then it's Martin McDonald on Instagram. And and if anyone gets in touch with you and say, I came from burying fake news. Well, a pat on the back for listening to this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> ah, getting this far, I'm sure I'm sure you can I'm sure you're gonna come to some sort of arrangement yeah, for them. You- podcast we'll come to an arrangement whether it's online or you're coming to the in-person sessions but like i say intermittent fasting at the end of the day is a is one way of getting from a to b ultimately all diets work by being in a restrictive calorie controlled diet take it the way you want to do it if you enjoy food too much reduce the calories and enjoy life you want to be a miserable sod become a ketard that's it done I think there you go. I think you've just summed it up more beautifully than any of us could yeah, imagine. Thank you, so thank you for your time and thank you for agreeing to be on the show and take care going forward. Thank you. Thank you both. My tea is ready, so I best go before it gets cold. <laughs> bye, 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 bye. Bye, 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 guys. See you, Marilla. Bye. Oh, what a fantastic guest that was to have on and, and really debunking some of those faddy, crappy diets that people try and uh, profit off. I think we'll avoid the uh, quick fire, not so quick fire, but sometimes quick fire around this week just on time. What do you think, sweetie? I agree. We played factor fad this week, so I think that covered it. So, yeah, fair trade. No quick fire, not so quick fire, but sometimes quick fire around this week. But our email is still running, burymfakenews at gmail.com, and do get in touch with us if you have any questions. Nothing's too stupid at all, but it's time for us to move on, sweetie. Do you know what time of the week it is? Do you know what hour is upon us are you ready i love this time of the week and last week i said it's literally the only reason to do a show and i still stand by that statement so play that funky music white boy Music only means one thing. It's time to take the piss out of idiots on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn now. That's right. I've got a new watering hole, baby. Oh, dear. LinkedIn is definitely not where you want to be posting these things. Oh, there are some idiots in LinkedIn. I'll talk about it on the... Uh, uh, once we're done recording, I'll, I'll fill you in in the full deets. But until then, kick us off with number one. All right. So these tweets are actually... I have seen. They're related to diet stuff, not so much coronavirus. So it should be interesting. Don't speak too soon. Ooh. All right. Number one, I quote, The keto diet literally throws off the pH of the body and neglects alkalinity, therefore making your body highly acidic. Of course, it makes you smell. Oh, my gosh. Of course, it makes you smell. Well, could you kind of explain to us like, why none of this makes sense? Um, you can't change your body's pH. The keto diet is not any more or less acidic afterwards the only thing that's changing is your stomach by you know points of ph's the the, the smelling part i have no idea what that's about and what's alkalinity well it's alkaline it's the opposite of acidic oh well then there's a ph scale the ph scale is between zero and 14 between zero and, and six that's acidic seven is neutral and then anything towards between you know 714 or 7.5 to 14 you'd say is alkaline oh okay well Basic. I think the dangerous part about this tweet is that it kind of like it's everything spelt correctly at least, and so you know people who don't have the biology or chemistry could be like, oh, you know, what about this? So quite dangerous. Bollocks! And talking of bollocks, do you want to hear number two? Let's see. If a virus cannot survive in an alkaline environment, when we can shift our bodies to a more alkalitic pH with our diets, why don't we all start eating alkaline food? Keto time. <laughs> is alkalitic a word? I don't think so. <laughs> I'm going to say funny. no. 
<laughs> and, and some viruses can fucking survive the depths of the oceans at you know thermo vents with ridiculous temperatures and pressures. Some can survive in acid. Some can more than able to survive in alkaline. So that's not a blanket statement. It's true either. either way. Yeah, I like that. It ends with keto time. So <laughs> keto time. All right, number three. I quote: Yes. If you keep your pH slightly above alkaline, it makes it impossible for any virus to survive. I have not had a cold or flu since 1994. What changed? Added kefir, kombucha, and apple cider vinegar to my daily diet. No flu shot either. Oh god, this guy makes me feel, or this girl makes me feel like I don't want to be close to them. I'm glad you know what kefir and kombucha is. I wouldn't even be able to pronounce that. I'm just basically trying to phonetically emulate what you just said. (laughs) But I'm getting ahead of myself. If you keep your pH slightly above alkaline, does that mean neutral, acidic, or, I mean, what, slightly above 14 or slightly above neutral into alkaline? I don't understand what that sentence is saying. Well, I'm, I'm definitely, like, more concerned about the no flu shot either. Like, I'm all for healthy diets, but, you know. But again, it, that, yeah. again you get ahead of yourself. We still don't know what the first sentence is saying. Then it says, it makes, this is on the same sentence, it makes it impossible for any virus to survive, clearly not a virologist that we're dealing with here. I have not had a cold or flu since 1994, which, commendable if if true. And what changed? He added kefir, kefir, was it kefir? I said kefir, but it could be kefir, to be honest. What is it? I have no idea. Well, you said them both with such confidence, I was like, ah, this this was rich person (laughs) food, and I'm too poverty stricken to understand poverty stricken no to be honest i have no idea but you gotta fake it to make it so say things confidently Fuck me. do you want some kefir yes with my with a side of apple cider vinegar and some kombucha to wash it down with it definitely would not take that <laughs> let's <laughs> move so on gross. jesus no. christ oh that is disgusting let's move on number four high alkaline diets people the coronavirus can't survive in a pH of 9 and higher. Drink your dandelion teas. Put more turmeric in your meals. Eat more greens. Vitamin C. Look up high alkaline foods. Wow. So many suggestions in here. So again, I think we will... You know what? Last part first. Vitamin C, acidic. Greens, you know, yet both. Turmeric, I'm not sure on the molecule of turmeric, but that's something I can look up in just a moment if you stall for me enough. Dandelion, the main extract from dandelion or dandelion root where you get the tea from is called taraxinic acid. Vitamin C is ascorbic acid. I also, yeah, I like how specifically it says pH of 9 and higher. And then I honestly have no idea what all these pH levels are. Like, I might sound really stupid saying this, but didn't you say that everything above 7 is acidic? No, no, other way around. Everything above 7 is alkaline. So when they're saying high alkaline diet, oh, pH okay, 9 falls. It's between 0 and 14, 9 falls in the alkaline region. Oh, okay. So really alkaline then. Dandelion extract is taraxinic acid. Hmm. It's not alkaline. Greens, again, you're going to get an assortment because that's not very specific. Vitamin C, ascorbic acid. Again, acid. It's acidic. It's not alkaline. Looking up molecule for turmeric or curcumin, as it's sort of called, um, I, I would suggest that's acidic. Not massively, not strongly. But not alkaline. But, um, well, two free hydroxyls and a ring. Yeah, I, I would say that's not alkaline. It's definitely leaning towards acidic. So, 
Another bollocks to eat by bollocks people. Alright. And somehow the pH trend just keeps on going. Check out number five. Acidic drink in the pH range 3.0 to 6.0, such as apple cider vinegar, apple juice, whiskey, vodka, diet coke, energy drinks, red slash white wine, etc. would conquer the virus in the lower respiratory tract. I hope this person is not like suggesting we snort this well, that, stuff that's, because that's the question, is it? Is is how do you get the pH to your respiratory tract? Yes, because it says you know acidic drinks, and then in the lower respiratory tract, I'm like, wait, so should let, I be drinking this or snorting this? Let me play devil's advocate. Let's pretend this tweet's just not been written very well, right? Let's pretend that when they say okay. lower respiratory tract, they mean upper respiratory tract, and they're referring to the throat, and that. Their theory is you you keep your throat slightly acidic to make create an environment a micro environment that is displeasing to viral loads. Which means what they're suggesting is all day every day, or at least before you go out of your house to venture to the supermarket, you should definitely start necking vinegar and be unable to communicate with people, or whiskey and <laughs> vodka, and have to presume to get the bus or walk, or just get a load of Coca-Cola <laughs> down you. But I mean, even if we say yes, whiskey, vodka white red white wine you're then putting alcohol in your system your body's got to deal with that your immune system's going to be lower and you're more likely to get a fucking virus so i shouldn't just crack out my tequila shots to did it say tequila or did it say specifically whiskey vodka red slash white wine it was you know it kind of said uh types of alcohol so i figured you know not a big whiskey or vodka fan tequila would work Clearly, this person is a, a visionary, and they're not endorsing tequila. <laughs> well, yeah. Regardless, do not snort any of oh, these God, drinks God. or any drink Jesus in God. general. So, number six. Let's move on from these idiots. That tweet's completely bogus. So this one is too. I think this is great. Blime amazed at how scared anyone is to say changing your diet can help you against COVID nineteen. The main issue is pH levels. P- Hang on, I had a brain aneurysm reading that. The main issue is pH levels. Yeah, they did make it worse. The main issue... <laughs> this is really badly written. Right. The main issue... This is awful. The main issue is pH levels. People with a high pH, bracket, less reactive, close bracket, are more likely to harbour and propagate COVID-19. Oh, wow. And this person does not know the word propagate. They've seen it used in a book <laughs> somewhere, and they thought, oh, that's a nice word. <laughs> So tell me, can people have higher pHs and lower pHs? Um, generally, no. You can eat the most acidic kind of foods naturally available to you other than drinking straight acid, of course, or, or consuming food that is more alkaline. Your stomach pH level is going to change a very, very small amount. And let's take it back to that tweet before where they're saying, oh, well, you just have it, go, it lines your throat and it doesn't make any difference anywhere else, but it lines your throat. This too is a shit argument because your mouth is constantly producing saliva. So you're constantly watering down that um, acidic content and bringing it back to neutral, what your saliva would be. So, no, it's bullshit. <laughs> and you, well, I'll get to it in number 10 about the whole changing the pH of your body. All right. Well, let's move on to number seven, which is another very interesting tweet here. All right. I quote, All we need to do to beat coronavirus, we need to take more of an alkaline foods that are above the pH levels of the virus, some of which are... Lemon, 9.9. Lime, 8.2. Avocado, 15.6. Garlic, 13.2. Mango, 8.7. Tangerine, 8.5. Pineapple, 12.7. 
dandelion. 22.7. I'm sorry, I couldn't hold it. <laughs> I heard you smirking there. You really tried to hold it. <laughs> okay, so where do you want to start with this one? I'll let you decide. Dandelion, 22.7. Is that even possible? <laughs> this, I mean, PKA value, the, the, the pH scale is, and even that, it's a carboxylic acid on taraxinic acid, so it's going to have a PKA of about between six and seven. So, the, so not 22. The, the pH scale, shut up, the pH scale goes between, you know, just above zero to 14. That's the scale. Oh, so you're telling me 15.6 and 22.7 aren't, like, off the charts. Fantastically off the charts, right? <laughs> but, again, dandelion... I don't know the pH of dandelion. It's not 22, but I would imagine it's acidic because the, the, the kind of main ingredient is taraxinic acid, hence the, the Latin name for dandelion and taraxinic uh, officinale, right? Mm -hmm. But let's go back to the top. What about the rest uh, of these? Say, let's go back to the top. Uh, what do you think lemon is? Uh, lemon's highly acidic, same with lime. Correct. It has a pH of about, I think about two. Oh, wow. So definitely not 9.9. .9. It's too, this is what's funny, it's, it's too naturally, but people say, oh, it's too, but when it gets metabolized, it's not too. Yeah, of course, because you, you can't have it as an acid. So of course it changes. The, <laughs> yeah. The pH of lime, that's another acid. That's like, it's not as, it's not as acidic as lemon. It's like five and a half. Avocado, I don't know, but it's definitely not 15.6. <laughs> Mango is another acidic one. Tangerine is another acidic one. Pineapple is another acidic one. All of those and they're promoting alkaline foods. It's really weird. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't know about avocado or garlic, but to my knowledge, none of those are alkaline. Oh my god! Oh yeah, it's bad. People are all over the place. You think that's bad? You wait till you hear number eight. Insane. So this was a tweet replying to someone, basically saying, "Oh, how can alkaline diets improve my corona?" And it was like, number one, lower EMF radiation with DIY organite. The metals and resin absorb the 4G, 5G Wi-Fi waves and transform it into key energy. CHI. Two, alkaline diet. The RNA envelope, see below, cannot live in a body with a pH above seven, therefore will not trigger the flu-like symptoms. And then there's a lovely little graphic to explain what below is. Would you like to know more? Oh, yes, please. There's so much happening in this graphic. So, graphic goes between points one and point two, and thankfully, these are, are given what they were said, so lower EMF radiation. 5G. How does 5G cause corona? 5G extracellular vesicle envelope dumps RNA into your interstitial fluid system. Your body treats this 5G wave as a virus. Oh, wow. Hence, you get virus, coronavirus <laughs> flu-like symptoms. So, again, bullshit. Oh, my God. There was so much happening in this tweet, though. Like, <laughs> Wi-Fi, 5G, alkaline the... diets. <laughs> <laughs> the RNA envelope cannot live. So this RNA envelope that's been magically transported into you via fucking photons. <laughs> well, I mean, they're no longer wavelengths than photons, but electrons. Uh, <laughs> I've given to you. The, the RNA... <laughs> the RNA that's transported by electrons magically through 5G is then dumped into your body. But if your body is above pH 7, not true, boom. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and there's also, I'd like to add, a picture of someone pearl driving a shark. <laughs> <laughs> it, the graphics are just amazing. It's 
someone really took the time to like make these and the scary thing is they look like you know i guess if you didn't know what was happening you'd think it legit you know but it's so insane everything that's going on i'm i'm not even mad (laughs) that's impressive yeah (laughs) i have no words there was a lot of effort put into this tweet it's it's a shame i can't share the graphic with the people because i'd love to be able to explain to these people what the fuck i'm looking at but it's not worth your time i've nearly had an aneurysm trying to explain to you let's move on before i do a full-blown meltdown (laughs) all right number nine then i quote i have work to keep my ph level at seven that is a normal human level i use greens in my diet and drink alkaline water to maintain the normal level i check daily using test strips Cancer cannot grow in a alkaline environment of seven. Easily researched fact. Good luck all. Easily researched fact. Good luck. That's what this is the. This is why I, I know. fucking hate these people. Their smarminess and just, just, oh, they're just so creepy. They're like, I'm just telling you. Question what you think you know. Love and light, peace. They act like their mother Teresa. Like they're gonna smarten me up because they know something I don't know and they're doing me a favor. Fuck you. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I think, like, I thought these tweets, honestly, would be, like, funnier. But at the same time, I'm, like, thinking, like, this is really concerning. Like, you know, I guess if you really had no idea, you know, what was happening, you would think, well, why wouldn't I believe that, you know? And it even says easily researched fact. So Your your body's pH is about, I mean, it depends. The pH in the stomach is obviously not the same as the pH in the blood. It's it's Mm -hmm. insane. Yeah. To, to, to even think that 7.4 normal human level i use greens in my diet and drink <laughs> alkaline water the alkaline water is not affecting your body's ph it's not even affecting really in a, it's, it's negligible the effect it has on your stomach ph i check daily using test strips basically you're saying i pay someone for strips yeah and then it says cancer cannot grow in an alkaline environment of seven Seven's not alkaline. Seven is neutral. <laughs> Easily researched fact. Where? On Twitter? <laughs> Fucking Jesus. Yeah. I, the, my favorite part about this tweet, though, is definitely the normal human level. As the opposed normal to raccoon, raccoon level. level. My yeah. otter has the perfect pH of eight. <laughs> normal otter levels. Normal otter levels. Fuck these fucking idiots. I'm done. Right, number 10, because this is my favourite one. This is the one, the palate cleanser, that kind of brings, restores a bit of faith in humanity. Like, God, there's people on Twitter who aren't inbreds and they can type properly. And this was tweeted by at Langer or Langer Nutrition. Ways to change your body's pH. One, vomit uncontrollably. Two, hyperventilate. Three, diabetic ketoacidosis. Four, renal failure. Ways to not change your body's pH. One, Alkaline diet, two, green juice, three, alkaline water, four, all the shitty fads like the ones mentioned above. <laughs> I I bow to such a wordsmith. Wonderfully tweeted. Absolutely. And I think what the main message of this tweet is, basically, you do not want to alter your body's pH, right? I mean, none of the things that they listed on what changes your body's pH are actually quite, you know, desirable. As a, as a small molecule organic chemist, when I want to donate protons to a system, I make it acidic. I don't even care how I do it. I just add in conch acid. Fuck you, you're tainted. When I want to remove a proton from something, I make it very basic. I make it very alkaline. I don't care how I do it, whatever I choose. Fuck you, give me that proton. I've spent a lot of my PhD mm-hmm. working on proteins. Very same proteins you get in our body, right? Like 
hemoglobin, for example, and myoglobin. Mm. You put those in anything that isn't between 6-ish and 7.5, maybe 8, they unfold. Proteins have a very specific 3D structure, and they're stable but neutral. You take them out of that environment, mm. they, they we call it denaturing. They lose their overall 3D shape. When they lose their 3D shape, they're no longer viable. They are useless. They can't perform their role. And you can't just magically refold them, usually. Mm -hmm. So anyone saying they want their body to be alkaline or acidic are talking shit. Simple as that. Yeah, well, it sounds like it's actually a very dangerous sort of endeavor to actually go out. And, and first of all, it's kind of hard, right? Yeah, you I won't mean, be able to. Your body, you, your body wants to maintain homeostasis for that reason. Yeah, absolutely. But we have to like look into this alkaline water fat, because I swear to God, like I did not know people were so obsessed with pH levels in alkaline. Oh my God, we're going to do a whole episode on this for sure. For sure, we have to think about this alkaline water fake news, because... I didn't, I, when I was looking for tweets of the week, I was like, nah, maybe we'll get some related to our interview, but we'll probably have to go to the Corona vaults. Nope. There is loads, plenty to go at. So I think maybe we should think about the week after next, tackling this and burying it for the bullshit that it is. Yeah, especially because, you know, how what our guest said, you know, there's, you know, so many big names and influencers go out and just kind of nonsensically just promote all these things. And yet we don't, like a lot of people are not aware of what your body actually needs and what it definitely does not need. So it's a big uh, bank of misinformation. Can we not call them influencers? Can we find a different word for them? <laughs> Whatever you want to call them. Inbreds. Cretins. Idle bastards. Aww. That's what I want to call them. Go and get a real job. And with that, I think pretty much concludes Tweet of the Week and concludes another episode of Burying Fake News. Big thank you to Lee GPT. He's found all over the internet for coming on and talking to us a little bit more about the keto diet and the bullshit that goes with it did i plug it at lee gpt i believe i just did <laughs> yeah follow him on instagram especially he's got some great uh social networking going on absolutely and join us next week we're going to be talking about remdesivir and some of the data behind it but also the fact that the u.s has bought 90 fucking percent of the reserves which is insane and should be illegal absolutely absolutely thank you it should be illegal and there it is Thank you for taking your time out and listening if you've still got this far. I know mum's still with us usually. We'd love to hear from you at bearingfakenews at gmail.com, Twitter at BF News Podcast, IG Bearing Fake News, Facebook, YouTube, like, subscribe, help us sanitize the web of misinformation out there. And as we've proven, there's a shitload of misinformation out there. Jesus Christ. Tons. Absolutely. I agree. Well, I had a sign off and I forgot it. It's getting tired and I'm getting late. So say goodnight, Mariella. Good night, Mariella. Good night, Mariella.